When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Droz. Time to talk about Power Glide, the second Transformer, or second Transformer, second Autobot who was able to fly, chronologically speaking, in the series. Is that right? Well, I mean, had a plane mode, I guess. I don't want to get into, like, stuck into the weeds of talking about, well, the Autobots could fly in the first miniseries, and then actually the Dinobots could always fly, but I'm, I'm talking about Autobots who turn into planes. As far as I remember, I'm pretty sure Skyfire was the first, but remember, Skyfire was a Decepticon defector. Well, was he a Decepticon defector? Because actually, he wasn't a Decepticon originally. He got inducted into the Decepticons after Starscream found him in the frozen ice in Fire in the Sky. So technically, I don't know if he ever was a Decepticon. Well, he was, but he wasn't born anyway. <laughs> See, this is the kind of stuff I don't want to get lost in. I just want to talk about the characters and the designs. Now, and I, and I brought up the fact that Power Glide was the second Autobot who turned into a plane because that was exciting to me as a child. What's interesting to me to think about now is that as a, as a young kid, Power Glide, I thought, was way cooler than Skyfire. Um... And, and and I'll explore some of the reasons why. And I have some interesting observations from doing these these uh, journal entries. Uh, but as an adult, oh man, Skyfire's got it all over Power Glide. I mean, I still love Power Glide, but Sky Skyfire is a way more interesting character to me now. But why was uh, Power Glide so interesting to me as a child? Well. For one, he was, this is the thing too, it's a little anecdote about my childhood. This is how much I talked about Transformers as a kid too. Um, in fifth grade, a kid in my class, he was a good good buddy of mine, not only remembered my birthday, I didn't have birthday parties a whole lot when I was a kid because there was a lot of children in my family, long story. Um, I, I think I had like two, I think can think of. So, so I didn't really get to make a big fuss out of my birthday. But so this friend of mine remembered my birthday, came to school that day, and he bought me a present. He brought the present to school, and it was Power Glide on the card. He got a brand new Power Glide figure for me for my birthday. And I remember I was just so moved, and I was like, "Wow, why, why would you, why did you think to do that? What a cool thing to do!" And he's like, "Well, you talk about him all the time." <laughs> so apparently. I had been talking about Power, Power Glide relentlessly the weeks leading up to my birthday, not laying hints, but just talking about how cool the character was. Why did I think he was so cool? Um, and this is where I get to my observation. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I chose to do these journal entries because I think I'm teaching myself something not only about my childhood psychology, but about I'm getting back in touch with a way my 11-year-old brain worked, and I don't know how that's going to affect my writing uh, in future projects, but I have a feeling it will, because as I, as I started writing down some notes about Power Glide, I was like, well, he was a braggart. He was a show-off, and for some reason, my little 11-year-old brain translated that into self-confidence, right? <laughs> And remember my entry on Starscream, where like here's this guy who is like, oh, you know, Megatron is taking a nap. I'm in, I'm the leader now. Uh, he's kicking Megatron in the stomach. He's always scheming to take over things. And I'm like, oh, that looks like self confidence. I think that's self confidence. 
<laughs> and then Powerglide is like, hey, look at me. I'm the greatest Autobot who ever lived because I'm, I can, I can, for one, I can fly. And I talk about myself in the third person. Hey, watch old Powerglide do something awesome today. Loop-de-loop, and away we go, and all that stuff, right? Um, Kind-hearted, always looking out for his fellow Autobots, but there's a little bit of condescension in there. Hey, little bee buddy, he says to Bumblebee, right? Uh why did I read that as self-confidence as a child? Is like that was my cartoonish view of the world. Is that if you walk into the room and announce to everybody that you are awesome, that equals self-confidence? I guess it would have to be a little bit, right? But then again, it could be you know somebody who's faking it. Powerglide wasn't faking it though. They never got to go deep into his character in the series. There was one episode. The Girl Who Loved Powerglide, which is kind of a silly episode where Powerglide falls in love with a human girl, which is actually kind of a neat story. Um, the character that he falls for, Astoria, is like, they have this whole, I wouldn't call it a William Powell Myrna Loy kind of thing, but it, it harkens back to those kinds of movies. Actually, I would say it'd be more like It Happened One Night. What's his name? Um, we all know the movie. <laughs> Clark Gable, right? And and the other gal in there. I forget who, who the gal was who played. But anyway, like that kind of like that bickering, uh, you know, ro that bickering romance. Uh, the, the romance that blossoms through bickering. There's a lot of that in that episode, which is nice, I guess. Uh, but we don't really get to know much about like why he is the way he is. All we know is that he's pretty pleased with himself. He, he overreaches a little bit. Uh, he gets he gets in over his head sometimes, but he doesn't lose his cool because he's still like, uh, he's still he's still convinced that he has the skills to pull himself out of uh, difficult situations. And in the girl who loved Powerglide, I mean, he takes on the Decepticon jets. He's a plane, you know, that's pretty cool. So I guess it is a form of self confidence. I mean, I don't think I was totally uh, myopic in reading it that way, but it's just funny that you know, like again, I think about like. 11-year-old Jersey must have had a very cartoonish view of the world. Uh, and, and if there was any, like, nuance to the way he was interpreting characters, it was happening way, way in the back of the brain. Because I, I knew I loved Bumblebee, but I don't... But I remember thinking Powerglide was, quote-unquote, cooler than Bumblebee. <laughs> and I look at him now, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what a loudmouth. <laughs> and Skyfire, on the other hand, is a much more interesting character to me because, like, he's a former scientist... He's, but he's huge, right? So he's got like that big guy syndrome thing where it's like, you know, I've ha I have friends who are like big dudes and like, but they're like gentle as can be, but they don't have to worry about people messing with them because they're just so darn big, you know? Uh, and, and there's all sorts of other complications that come out of being a really big person, um, which I won't go into here. But I mean, you, you put that onto this, like this gentle natured, uh, intellectually curious person and then but then this assumption that well but of course you want to beat people down you want to go out and fight because you're a giant warrior right well but he doesn't like doing that so and then and then plus the, the fire in the sky episode just has like that lovely turnaround where like skyfire has to turn on his friend he has to turn on his friend starscream like who, who, who dug him out of the ice right and say like you know what, I, I can't go along with what you guys are doing. I'm with these guys. I'm with the Autobots now. And there's that nice scene where he puts the Autobot symbol on his chest. Where did it come from? Who cares? doesn't matter. It's a, it's a lovely scene. Oh, this is turning into an episode about Skyfire as much as it is about Powerglide. Um, another thing I liked about the character a lot, and let's talk about design, is that most of the minibots, most of them, um, their transformation, that's the kind of stuff I noticed as a kid, and it's so silly, um, 
the, the, a lot of the transformations um, required you to tuck their pieces into them to become a car. You know, Bumblebee's feet slid up into his torso. Windcharger's arm snapped into his side, right? And then the, his legs flipped up behind him. But, like, it was really, they were, like, sort of tucking and rolling to become their vehicle modes. Uh, Powerglide did the opposite. He expands. And I remember that, like, really caught my eye. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The wings flip up and become sort of like his shoulders. And then, like, these weird, or rather the engines underneath the wings become his arms. Um, And, yeah, the back end, you pull it down. It's, like, it's not quite legs, but it worked. Uh, So I I found that really interesting and kind of... uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say compelling, but well, it was compelling because I love to transform the toy because of that fe- that that function of it. And I don't think I would have put it in as many words where it's like most of the other Autobots are tuck and roll. Uh, Power Glide is expand to become a plane. There's no way the writers were thinking about that when they're writing his character. <laughs> this is me sort of retconning a bunch of thought on top of this stuff. Finally, um, and I don't have like fully formed thoughts on this, but uh, Power Glide had... The, he has the mask over his mouth. Some Transformers have that. Um, a lot of the Combiners, like the Combaticons have it, right? Vortex and Blastoff. And, uh, and I don't know why. I'm, I'm trying to think about why, why would I like that so much. But something read more exotic and transformery to me if they had the mask like when they got rid of uh well when beast wars came out and optimus primal had the mouth that was sort of like wedged between the mask like they basically cut like a slit in the the face mask of optimus prime and just put like blue lips in there and i remember that that really turned me off at first i was like optimus doesn't we shouldn't see optimus's mouth and this is going back to my whole business about like optimus should be like detached and remote and aloof and we should look up to him as like this legendary figure right i don't feel that way now i'm just saying this is what i was thinking as a younger person um but something about like and especially power glides his his face mask was different than optimus's in that it was more angular and flat and i just thought it looked so immensely cool uh i was always I was always uh, ready to sign on for any Transformer if they had that mask on their face. Um, another favorite one, which maybe I should update my list and put him on there, is First uh, First Aid. Yeah, First Aid is another Transformer that meant a lot to me as a kid, and he had that same kind of face mask as Power Glide. And I just remember thinking it looked so so cool, and the, the Transformers who had mouths were like just a little less interesting to me. Um, Maybe it's some kind of funny Boba Fett thing where it's like, or snake eyes, where it's like you put a mask on them, they become more mysterious. But I don't think so, because Power Glide wasn't mysterious. <laughs> he telegraphed how he felt. He he let everybody know well, how he felt about himself and what was going on around him. So I don't know. It just it just looked neat to me. I can like things just for aesthetic reasons, right? I don't have to have any kind of like deep purposeful thought behind it. It's just like that looks really cool. So I guess I'll 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 wrap it up with that. He had a cool mouth. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of stuff that I talked about uh, for weeks on end until my friend Brian brought me a power glide action figure for my birthday. Thank you, Brian. I still think about that day very fondly. Oh, that made me so happy. It was such an unexpected thing and it was such a kind thing to do, but it was also like there's a little bit of like, okay, now you can stop talking about it so much. <laughs> okay, time for me to punch out. 
So this is part of the Art Sound Off Challenge, artsoundoff.com is where you can find out what it is. It's a, me and my buddy Rob Stenzinger uh, challenge ourselves to check in every day over the month of November with an audio journal of some sort about our art. And we share them online with the Art Sound Off hashtag. You can play along too. You don't even, you don't have to share the actual audio that you do. It's just to practice some journaling, thinking out loud. But if you do decide to share it, if you use the Art Sound Off hashtag, that would be great. That helps all of us follow along with everybody who's playing the game. And this is part of the 4 Million Years Later podcast. This is uh, 4millionyearslater.com. At the end of this month, or rather in December, when I'm done with these journals, my buddy Hoover and I are going to start a weekly podcast where we think like this about the Transformers Gen 1 original cartoon episode by episode. So if you enjoyed this uh, this journal entry and uh, you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe. Uh, give us a, you know, a, a review wherever you listen to us. That will help more people find it as well so that when we do this thing, um, lots of people who are interested in Transformers can hear two more people who are interested in Transformers talk about Transformers. <laughs> All right. I'll be back tomorrow with another Thunder Punch Daily. And until then, remember everybody. You've all seen how Orko's magical tricks don't always go the way he planned. Sometimes they backfire on him. The same thing is true of practical jokes. Sometimes they don't go the way you planned, and you or someone else can get hurt. So be sure and think twice before playing a joke or a trick on anybody. It might not go the way you planned, and someone could wind up losing a finger or an arm or maybe even an eye. And no joke is worth that, is it? See you again soon.